0: From COK Studios in Ira Glass's garden, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. On today's show, we'll consider a celebration of Consider Our Knowledge's 300th episode. We'll also consider some of our team's favorite sketches from the first 299 episodes. And we'll consider that man, I feel like a woman. Stay with us.
1: Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Mom and Pop's Frontier General Store, a division of Taft Pharmaceuticals, a subsidiary of ProTech Industries, which is the Leviathan Enterprises Company. Leviathan, we own you. And the Rainbow Sunflower Dog Training and Wellness Center sign up for one of our many classes today and receive a free hemp chew toy or a box of gluten free organic homemade locally sourced cruelty free vegan fair trade non-gmo all natural dog treats
0: this is consider our knowledge i'm connor bentley this is the 300th episode of public radio's finest parody I know that nobody thought we'd make it this far, and despite slowing our output a bit this year because of coronavirus, we have finally reached this great milestone. As a way to celebrate 300 episodes, we'll be doing a special two-part retrospective with all the members of the best-looking news team in public radio. We will talk with them about their favorite moments from the past seven years and share some of those sketches. We hope you enjoy this look at some of the COK team's best and funniest moments. All right, so we are here with Ryan Shattuck, who is our intern here on Consider Our Knowledge, but Ryan actually started out as a f- kind of a fan of the podcast, but also Ryan and I did a podcast previous to Consider Our Knowledge called Audio Vaudeville, where we kind of did some precursor things that then became Consider Our Knowledge. You know, it started out kind of as segments on Audio Vaudeville, which was kind of a, you know, what would you
2: say? Audio Vaudeville was a variety show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that was pretty much it. Um, Hello, by the way, and very presumptuous of you to assume that I am a fan of this podcast. Um, Yeah, no, Audio Vaudeville was always meant to be just kind of whatever we wanted it to be. Just sort of a a sketch show. Uh, We had different themes every week. Um, played a a lot around with, you know, music and different segments and jokes and sketches to just kind of, you know, see what would work. Um, I'm very proud of what we did. I uh, don't know if it will stand the test of time and be around in a hundred years, but I'm, you know, I'm very proud of the couple of years that we worked on it.
0: Yeah, well, I think, and again, I've said many times that Without Audio Vaudeville, Consider Our Knowledge doesn't exist because we tested out a lot of material and and their characters or little bits of segments that then became things that we've done on Consider Our Knowledge. And so, you know, and that's kind of where the joke of you being the intern on Consider Our Knowledge came from because you know you moved away and we stopped doing Audio Vaudeville and then I started doing Consider Our Knowledge and then it just kind of became this in-joke within our group of friends who were on COK of, oh, our intern is Ryan Shattuck as a way to kind of shout out to you and just also as kind of just a little in-joke. And then that's also spawned now you playing the intern, Ryan Shattuck, on the podcast. And we've been able to do more because of COVID. Now we're doing everything remotely. So we've actually incorporated you into the show more of late, which has been really fun. Let's
2: be very clear. Just the fact that the intern on your show has the same name and voice as my name and voice does not mean that I am an intern. So I am deeply offended that you think... I right, am your intern. well, that was also part just of just a joke. strange coincidence, yeah,
0: we just wanted to offend you, but like you've been around the show, you've you paid attention to the show for a long time, and yeah you've been you've been a great advocate for the show. whether or not you're a fan, as you said, you know, I presume that you're a fan you've been a great advocate for the show, and you've given a lot of good advice and input. So thank you for that over these last three
2: hundred episodes and And even though they never wrote about it, I did tell my former coworkers. At the Onion NIV Club to listen to it. I did try to get them to write about it, which they never did. But I, I do know some of them did subscribe and yeah. listen to
0: it. No, and that's what I'm saying. You've been a great advocate. But as such, what are some of your favorite like sketches, moments, things that you've observed over the last, you know, seven years-ish of the show?
2: Yeah. Um, so w- one thing I've always loved about Consider our knowledge. I really like the world building of of uh consider our knowledge because you will introduce a character you know a year ago and they will just continue to show up and you'll add more and more and flesh out their persona and add jokes to it and they will reference things that happened you know a while ago episodes ago i just it's one thing that I really enjoy and that is very reminiscent of. Another one of my favorite podcasts, Comedy Bang Bang, which does the same thing. Started out with a couple of characters and now, you know, years later, you have a whole universe of inside jokes and references and characters that know each other and have relationships and one thing that I think is one of the the strengths of, of this podcast.
0: Well, I really um, appreciate that compliment only because, and, and I will say, I think that comes from, I think Comedy Bang Bang is a good example of that, but I think the main sort of place where that came from as far as I'm concerned is another show that, you, that I know you also have a great affection for, that we both love, that has a great world within a world in the show is 30 Rock.
2: My all time favorite character, I don't know why it's uh, it's not one that you created, but it's, it's a, it's a parody of a real life person is Terry gross. Uh, I've laughed out loud a couple of times, to- not a couple of times. I've laughed out loud many times over the years while listening to the show, but Terry gross, for some reason, it just, it gets me every time. And uh, I mentioned to you, Connor, right before we recorded this, that a few weeks ago I was listening to an episode of Fresh Air and Terry Gross was doing the thing where she cut someone off and then she rambled for a little while and then she did it again. And I literally looked at my phone to make sure, wait, am I really listening to Fresh Air and not uh, consider our knowledge just because the Terry Gross character of C.O.K., does it the same thing it just it's so strong it's so over the top uh i think it's a really done really well done character so that's uh one of my favorites
0: well that is and that's a great shout out to our great friend of the show libby mitchell who plays terry gross for us libby is fantastic she's played terry gross for us uh since the beginning of the show and we will now listen to one of libby's great moments as terry gross here on this 300th episode spectacular
3: welcome to considerations i'm terry gross our guest today has won a tony a grammy a pulitzer and a MacArthur genius grant he is also the author of hamilton which currently is the hottest ticket on broadway lin-manuel miranda welcome
0: gosh thanks terry i'm so happy to be here who would have thought that a geeky kid from washington heights would be living this life
3: Lynn, I have to start off by saying that I am a bit embarrassed that I'm coming into this interview a little unprepared. I have listened to the Hamilton soundtrack and read the companion book, but haven't yet seen the show. As I mentioned in the intro, the tickets are a little bit difficult to come by.
0: Yeah, we're booked pretty solidly through 2017, but as I always say, we plan to run until everyone who's wanted to see it has gotten to see it.
3: As the writer and star of the show, I am guessing you have no problem getting tickets.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess not, but really my focus is on performing for anyone in the audience, whether they're friends or not.
3: You know, Lynn, I kind of feel like we're friends. Okay. If you are just joining us, my guest today is Lynn manuel Miranda, the author of Hamilton and In the Heights, a recent Tony Award winner, and I can tell, a really nice guy, and most likely, really generous. So, Lynn, you've had quite a battle keeping tickets from being resold by brokers.
0: Yeah, so I've asked people to stay away from tickets on Craigslist, and we've taken steps to ensure the people in the cancellation line or in the ticket lotto are the people using the tickets. Still, I've seen some tickets listed for as much as $3,000 each.
3: I'm guessing the people who can afford those aren't working in public radio.
0: Well, while there are top-tier price tickets, we also have our ham-for-ham lotto every day that offers $10 front-row tickets to 10 lucky winners each night.
3: How many times are people allowed to enter? Once. What if they've interviewed the Pope and Ira Glass?
0: Still once.
3: What if they are aware that you went to Wesleyan and retweet almost every Star Wars joke you make on Twitter? Only once. Okay then, if you are just joining me, my guest is the author and star of The Impossible to See, Don't Even Ask, Broadway show Hamilton. Lynn manuel one of the great things about your show is that it's making American history more accessible for high school students who previously may not have felt like it was for them.
0: Yeah, that's one of the great things we're doing is edu for ham which are matinees for high school students. They perform for us and each pay $10 to attend a matinee.
3: So to get those tickets, does one actually have to be in high school or simply short enough to be mistaken for a high school student?
0: They have to be in high school.
3: I want to thank my guest, Lynn manuel Miranda, for being on the show today. Lynn, I would like to invite you to be my guest if I ever have a hit show on Broadway.
0: Well, thanks, Terry. I would love to have you come see Hamilton.
3: Great. I need 72 tickets.
0: I am joined now by Natalie Thorpe and Hobart Willis, two of our COK regular team members. Both have been with the show since the beginning. Natalie a little bit before Hobart, but not much. I think Natalie and Emily joined, and then Hobart asked to join the cast pretty quickly thereafter. Uh-huh, uh, I beat you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, that's correct. But- I wanted to be part of the cool kids.
0: Yeah and now and you have been for almost seven years. So just to give a quick over. so Natalie plays, consider your health reporter Alex Truman, popular teenage girl Melissa Reynolds, Hillary Clinton, Cecilia the Pontificator, Vivian Dumont, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Kelly McEvers among others. Hobart has played our senior reporter Cordell Nutbrock since the very beginning. Uh, filmmaker Neil Thanadier, Mickey Mouse, Garrison Keeler, fashion designer Salvin Yaw, recently played uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, um, among many, many, many other voices as well. So you guys have done tons of different voices on the show, played tons of different parts, have been integral to the success of C.O.K., whatever that might mean. But um <laughs> Just wanted to kind of talk through some of your favorite moments, favorite memories, favorite things that we've done over the last 299 episodes.
4: Uh, One of my favorite memories is uh, everything we do is pretty, pretty silly to an extent, but standing together, crowding over each other, crammed in the the old basement uh, at the other house recording, trying to meow, out certain uh, songs as, together as a chorus of cats.
0: That's right. I remember that, the cat um, chorus.
4: The cat chorus. The uh, thus spoke Zorathurista in uh, in cat. I think oh is one God. we did. I can't that remember was... which one of the other one or the other songs now. But yeah, all of us trying to cram in and and meow our little hearts out. That just and it ended in. Uh, just chaotic laughter.
5: Oh my god. Well I remember when we were rehearsing for that one. Um we we actually didn't sound that bad. No.
4: But then when we, <laughs> <laughs> then when we, we,
5: we to... actually started recording, oh God. <laughs> oh,
4: we're serious, we couldn't get through it, and then it just devolved and fell apart so fast. I know. Don't know why. Well because yeah, it's, well, it's us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well that's the thing.
0: I mean, because we do have a lot of fun and it does devolve. A lot of the time um and i know i'm sometimes a stickler about keeping everybody on track but
5: yeah well i also
0: i'm trying to be you know conscious of the fact that you all are so gracious in volunteering your time to do the show um and so i want to try and keep it on a good timeline so people can go and get back to their lives because i know this is not necessarily everybody's like first choice of what to do on monday nights at seven o'clock every week or every other week
6: (sighs) I mean But
5: we all genuinely have a really good time with each other. Yeah. So I don't think any of us really see it as, you know, oh god, I have gotcha. to go podcast again. It's a it's a wonderful excuse to see each other. Mm-hmm. So it is. thank you for facilitating that.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, and it's a good excuse because I think we're all all of us at one point or another were theater kids or wanna be theater wannabe kid. kids. What would be what who's your favorite character to play that you play on the show that you've played at least one at least more than once
4: oh it's cordell for sure like i i'm glad that he does have such a large part in cok because um i always thought that like actors talking about how a character comes to life was always a little bit bunk but having in hat like having voiced Cordell for so long he is very much a separate entity that lives inside my head somewhere and i have to like i don't really have to bring him into being anymore he just is there and it's it's a lot of fun to see to take that and have that happen over the course of a few years and like something came out of it
0: well i think it's interesting with cordell cuz i remember when you very first started doing it because it was based on like the bb it was like based on like the bbc announcers mm-hmm. and then and it was a lot more stayed and then like over the years i feel like cordell's kind of gotten more manic and a little bit less
4: <laughs> definitely the pitch alone has gone up i think at least two octaves oh, since God, when i first yes. started because <laughs> i first started i think it was a bad imitation of like you said any number of like BBC news readers, you know, BBC news, this is Ian Burton. And I think Cordell started down there somewhere. And over since he's just gone up and up and up. Um, And it, you know, it, it may eventually reach pitches that only dogs can hear, but. Hey, um,
0: you never know. I just remember the first time when Cordell went off on Dinah for him being the fill-in guy
2: guy.
5: I'm the fill-in guy that was such a great rant that was one for the ages
4: it really was Yeah,
0: Cordell's definitely tightly wound what about you Nat? What's your favorite character to play?
5: oh easily Alex Harold Truman (laughs) I love that my middle name is a man's name especially because my grandfather was named Harold I don't know if that was on purpose but I thoroughly appreciate it
0: It was actually nod to Harry Truman. It was? Our our uh, 33rd president.
5: I uh, I don't know. I'm going to attribute it to my grandfather. Hey, Thank you very much. Um, But (laughs) I love Alex Truman, and it really kind of reminds me of back in the olden days when you and I would just be riffing with each other. (laughs) Especially on the night when we're indulging ourselves. And we had these two characters, Tess and Toby, that were just... (laughs) They would constantly try to one-up each other with their ailments that's right <laughs> like you like i've uh, i've got a, a egg a that that's become infected and i'm gonna have to lose my toe and all this stuff and we would just constantly try to one-up each other and then uh and then when you asked me to do alex i was like well there's my inspiration This is perfect and i went back and actually listened to the first episode and I am like really breathy and panicky, and really kind of disturbing. I'm not gonna lie.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it is. I mean, it, it is interesting how the voices kind of change. I mean, you know, like we were talking about, like Cordell's voice was a lot lower and a lot more measured, and Alex mm-hmm. is a little more panicky. Now she's like, she's she definitely has her ailments, she's, but she's, she's more like, like
5: matter of factly. Mm-hmm. She's less. She's less inclined to panic about a pandemic.
0: But okay, so now let's let's talk about Natalie. What's the what's your favorite sketch that we're going to hear uh, today that you want everybody to kind of take another listen to from the last two hundred ninety nine episodes?
5: Well, one of my favorite ones and that I actually put a lot of work into um, in practicing the voice and actually doing research and stuff because usually I'm just winging it um, was when I did Kelly McEvers from NPR, and we were doing an interview with Spencer, who was part of a biker gang, and he provides all the snacks, and oh my god, he, like, he he he's a tremendous voice actor, and when he has that gruffly voice, um, like, he's seen some shit, um, and he starts talking about the nom-noms, it just kills me. Every time it kills me, every time, but cute. like, uh, but like the Kelly McEvers voice, I feel like I just nailed it. <laughs> and so, I want someone like take a listen to Kelly doing her thing and then listen to me and, and have your mind blown
0: so. Now let's hear Natalie as Kelly McEvers in this classic COK bit. It also features good friend and husband to our intern Ryan Shattuck, Dave Ogden, in a special appearance as well. Now we turn to a special crossover segment with the new NPR podcast, Embedded. Hosted by veteran reporter Kelly McEvers, Embedded takes a story from the news and goes deep. In some of the early episodes, they've gone inside an immigration courtroom, a street gang in El Salvador, and the NBA's developmental league. Now COK's own Dinah Jones-Mallow is going deep with McEvers, investigating two of America's most dangerous biker gangs for a segment we're calling Considerable Embedding.
1: I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. And I'm Kelly McEvers. And this is Considerable Embedding. Last year, there was a huge showdown in Waco, Texas, between two rival biker groups, the Caballeros and the Sons of Purgatory, at a bar called Stinky Pete's. There were tons of weapons recovered.
5: Bats, guns, knives, brass knuckles, you name it. These bikers
1: brought them to this epic shootout.
7: It was bad, let me tell you.
1: The Sons of Purgatory are classified by some as an outlaw gang. They're known as a group who do not like to follow the rules, and they've had members arrested for racketeering, murder, and extortion. Who are these guys? Are they all this violent and rough?
7: I've been a member for a long time. And our boys have a real bad reputation. I don't always agree with our methods though.
5: The Sons of Purgatory are known as some of the baddest guys in Texas. But Ricky the Rascal says there's guys who act as a muscle
1: and guys who have other roles in the club.
7: I do the refreshments.
1: Ricky looks like a guy who could break you in half. He's six foot five, easily three hundred pounds, covered in a bunch of tattoos, and yet he's only concerned with keeping his guys fed.
7: Look. We're all big guys, and we get hungry when we go on rides. I take care of all the snacks for our guys. It's a way tougher job than being a muscle or an enforcer. You can't bust the heads of rival gangs without a nice, high-protein, low-carb snack in your tummy.
5: Did you just say tummy?
7: Yeah, I f-ing did. So what? Nothing. I try to find healthy stuff that the boys will like. We do a lot of fruit leather. Organic, of course. I make up my own special gorp. Yeah, lots of nuts and dried fruits, maybe some M&Ms. Gogurt is really popular, but it's full of sugar and artificial colors, so I don't get it very often. Maybe once in a while as a treat. I kind of think gogurt was partially to blame for that incident at Stinky Beats. My guys were all hopped up on sugar. I blame myself. I didn't have time to make my usual Greek yogurt parfaits that day.
1: Ricky says he's using his snacks to help give the Sons of Purgatory an advantage.
7: We can ride longer and bust more heads than those other pussy gangs like the Caballeros. I do lots of cold-pressed juices with kale and wheatgrass, and my num-nums are the best.
1: Your num-nums?
7: You heard me. They're like a chocolate peanut butter bar with lots of good flavor and protein. All the sons of purgatory love my num-nums.
1: While we were in
5: Waco, we also met a man from the Caballeros, who isn't doing typical biker gang stuff either.
8: I'm the IT and marketing guy for the Caballeros.
5: Kyle Francis always loved the idea of riding motorcycles, but his asthma was affected by the exhaust fumes of the Harleys, so now he does this instead.
8: I manage the gang's blog and social media stuff. I do some back-end coding as well and manage the email software. (sighs) We use Outlook. Thanks to me, they found Stinky Pete's. I sent them the directions in Google Maps. If it wasn't for me, they would have totally missed that brawl with the Sons of Purgatory.
5: What kind of things do you put on the blog?
8: Oh, all kinds of stuff. I publish slideshows of rides and fights with rival gangs. Our members submit stories and erotic (gasps) biker fiction. Some of the language is a bit salty for my taste, but it's part of their comprehensive brand strategy.
5: Oh, that's nice.
8: Our guys are really focused on biking and brawling and drinking, so it's good that I'm there (gasps) to send email reminders about rides and how much guys have left on their travel per diems.
1: Kyle says that there are others like him who do basic tasks as members of the Caballeros. There's Duke from accounting. Crazy Bart, the human resources guy. Redbeard, the travel agent. And Tiny, the receptionist.
7: Just because I handle the num nums doesn't mean I'm not as important as the leaders of the gang.
5: Mixing with the bikers in this investigation made us both aware that there's much more going on with the Sons of Purgatory and the
1: Caballeros than meets the eye. For Considerable Embedding, I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow, and I'm Kelly McEvers.
0: Okay, and now Hobart, let's uh, hear about the sketch that you are you've chosen for your favorite that you want everybody to take another listen to.
4: So I chose the, one of the most recent Cordell skits uh, because it really delightfully encapsulated so much about Cordell that I enjoy. (laughs) First and foremost is the off the wall pronunciation of certain words. Um, It's, it's a bad British accent as it is, but then I get to just dial it up and (laughs) And the combination of syllables sometimes is um really fun. I don't think in a million years, if you could try to script it out, you could get somebody to say, Maracascinio cherry. It just it just has to sort of blossom in the moment. And so again, every all my favorite things about Cordell, uh, his love of food, very much my own, but um his just over-the-top enthusiasm for whatever it is he's doing in that very moment, um, and then the off-the-wall pronunciation. Um, it just, it's a delightful little gem. If you need to show somebody who Cordell is, you play this and there you have it.
6: Okay, next up is our senior correspondent Cordell Nutbrock. Has the existential dread of the virus and being locked up at home been getting you down? I've been quite blue myself some days, but there's one thing that never fails to lift my spirits. Food! Glorious food! That's right, I've been eating my feelings morning, noon, and night since March, and thanks to the protests and the general awfulness of the Trump administration, I'll be having a heaping helping of piping hot feelings for the foreseeable future. One of my favorite snacks is taking one of those Dunford chocolate chocolate donuts and putting in the microwave for about 15 seconds. Once it's warm, put it in a dish and add a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Then add a scoop of coffee ice cream. Then add a scoop of Ben and Jerry's banana virus ice cream. All proceeds go to COVID-19 charities, so you're helping out while you indulge your sweet tooth. Then top that all off with crushed nuts, whipped cream, Oreo chunks, chocolate chips, I prefer semi-sweet to milk or dark, and of course no bowl of feelings is complete without Americashino cherry. Mm. That's a delicious bowl of feelings. I hope that while we all cope with the way things have changed, we can take solace in the fact that food, mashed potatoes, pizza, ice cream, pasta, that cheese that comes in a can, mini fritzes, uncrustables, hot pockets, cinnamon rolls, and the occasional piece of fruit dipped in caramel is always there for you and never ever judges you bon appetit now that we've heard
0: some of those classic moments from some of the members of the team i'd like to share one of my favorite moments now there's so many to choose from i really have a hard time picking favorite sketches because we've done so many and there's been so many great performances from members of the team but we've talked about our Consider Your Health reporter Alex Truman a little bit with Natalie earlier, and Alex is one of the most fun characters to write for as far as I'm concerned. And so I'm going to share one of the great Consider Your Health segments that we've done over the course of the last 299 episodes, and I think it's got some really nice bits from other members of the team as well. So here's a special Ask Alex edition of Consider Your Health from episode 94. Now we turn to our Consider Your Health series. Today, Alex Truman will be taking your questions in a special Ask Alex edition. Good to see you, Alex. Hello, Cotter. We have quite a few people who want to ask you a question today.
5: I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, let's go ahead and start with a call from Terry in Eugene, Oregon.
5: Hello, Terry.
0: Hi there. I'm curious if there are any homeopathic or non-traditional ways
7: to combat measles.
5: no. The measles vaccine is really the only way. I encourage everyone to get vaccinated and make sure to take precautions if they know someone who is infected.
7: Oh, because I don't believe in vaccines and I like to make my own medicines for me and my family.
5: I'm sorry to hear that. If you're really concerned about the measles, I would urge you to reconsider your position. I do think some homeopathic remedies work well, but they don't do anything against the measles.
7: So there's not like a tea or a poultice or a type of balm I could make that would prevent us from getting measles? Nope. We have a lot of fresh taro root and eucalyptus here at the house. Would that be good at preventing the measles? Not in any way. What about shea butter?
0: That stuff is killer. Oh yeah, that'll work. Oh, really? No! Ah, bummer. Let's take a call from Oscar in Los Angeles. He also has a question
4: about the measles. Hi, Connor and Alex. I'm I'm concerned about this measles outbreak that started at Disneyland a few weeks ago. I, It's going to be pretty freaked out for my health and my kids' health because we go to Disneyland all the time. All these people who haven't vaccinated their kids are putting us at risk. Is there anything I can do?
5: Well, Oscar, I know that the prospect of getting measles isn't fun and that anti-vaccinators like Harry have made things difficult for everyone. I take it you and all your kids are vaccinated?
4: Oh yeah. I'm not messing around. It just really sucks because my kids really like Disneyland. But now I'm afraid to go.
5: I know you probably don't want to hear this, but I would avoid Disneyland and any other theme park for the foreseeable future. It's just not worth the risk. I understand how those places can be fun. In theory. But due to my intense motion sickness, I haven't ever been able to enjoy them. Try to find some activities that don't involve so much possible contact with random unvaccinated people. Like what? Puzzles are always fun. Or Boggle. My heart murmur and sensitivity to sunlight forced me to play inside a lot as a kid. But I still had fun. In many ways, Boggle is just as exciting as the rides at Disneyland. It's a roller coaster of words that won't put your health at risk.
4: Okay, I guess.
5: Thanks for calling, Oscar.
0: We have one last caller, Mike from Anaheim.
5: Hello
6: there, huh? I just wanted to say that all this talk about the danger of getting measles at Disneyland is complete nonsense. I happen to know for a fact that it's totally safe
5: now. Hold on, Mike. You sound a lot like Mickey Bouse, whom I interviewed a few weeks back. Uh, nope. Huh? My name is Mike, and I live right here in sunny California Adventure. I, I mean, California. I see. So you're saying that there's no more measles at Disneyland? That's right, kids. In fact, I heard a rumor that there weren't any measles cases at all. It was just a lie created by those mean people over at Knott's Berry Farm. If any theme park has measles, I bet it's them. They're dirty. Ha <laughs> Well, Mike, without any hard proof, I cannot advise anyone to go to any theme park right now, especially if they aren't vaccinated. That sounds like a bunch of crazy science talk. I bet some good old-fashioned Disney magic would take care of those pesky measles. No, it wouldn't. Literally, the only way to stop the measles is to get vaccinated. That's not what my fairy godmother told me. Mr. Mouse, you're embarrassing yourself. Uh, Unvaccinated kids under 6 ride free on weekdays! <laughs> ha that, ha! That was pathetic.
0: Agreed. Thanks for coming by, Alex.
5: It was my pleasure as always, Cotter.
0: That was Consider Your Health with Alex Truman. That's all for part one of our special 300th episode spectacular... Our 301st episode next week will have the rest of the COK team sharing their memories and favorite sketches. So tune in to hear Emily Claussen, Jeremiah Knight, Spencer Cannon, and Marianne Wetzel give us their favorite moments from the past seven years. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio and coverage of the Republican National Convention, visit ConsiderOurKnowledge.com. You can also follow us on Facebook or on Twitter at ConsiderOurNo. To subscribe to the podcast, you can do it at Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. A special thanks today to Natalie Thorpe, Hobart Willis, and Ryan Shattuck, our intern, for sharing their memories. We'll see you next week. I'm Connor Bentley. No, is ryan shattuck the intern gay straight as an arrow
2: see yes he is uh, very very heterosexual um he likes to have um sex with his penis with women <laughs>
0: what a lovely description of heterosexual
2: is- sex